Devotion for me is a daily act of walking, speaking, living, expressing a path of sacred living. So I am... It's the idea that everything is going to be better if you do this. So why wouldn't you do it? You know, so you like give yourself permission to make it a priority. I was never tired. I like to imagine that the, our heart and our womb space or our hara, you know, are, are these temples already. But within that temple, there is a high altar. And at that high altar, the light of your own intention can like come through a portal and like just like in ancient sites like Newgrange, you know, like come straight through the center of it and light up that altar, the high altar of the heart or the hot of the moon space. And it's just like that's what uh, the power of our thoughts carries that light through you. Welcome, family, to another episode of Sacred Technology, Medicine Path, Prayer, and Beauty Way Consciousness. We are a podcast focused on conversations, songs, and stories of the evolving world of prayer and ceremonial living on the path of life. Today's episode on core virtues, we are going to be speaking and singing along with Lady Grail, Priestess of the Goddess. Lady Grail has assisted in the birthing of many temples worldwide and along with 20 other priestesses helped to birth the Goddess Temple of Ashland. On today's episode, we ask questions like, what does devotion mean? Why live a life of devotion? How do you keep your focus on a life of prayer with the increasing distractions of the world? We talk about this and so much more. So once again, thank you for listening, learning, laughing, and praying along the way. Stay tuned. Thanks. Yeah. I invoke the powers of the great mother goddess and the great father God. I give thanks for our sacred ancestors of all peoples, our star seed families. I trust in the power of the rays of the sun and the glow of the moon to be with us now. I give thanks for the flyers, the walkers, the crawlers. I invoke the swimmers for upon this sacred land that we are at right now of the Jackson Wellsprings of Ashland, Oregon, where the water three feet beneath us springs everywhere, I fully acknowledge the power and the presence of the water beings. 
the water dragons that have kissed the fire dragons to protect us from the Almeida fire in full appreciation of today's crisp, clean, pure air. I thank you. I thank you, great, great, great Mother Earth, for the gardens that feed us so well here. In pure, empty presence, I give myself to you as the holy vessel chalice, the cup, the grail, to be a cauldron of inspiration for this moment imprinted in time to wave around the globe and positively affect all those listening, seen and unseen. So mote it be. Yielding trust in the goddess, I let go and receive. With unyielding trust in the goddess, I let go and receive. I release control and surrender to her love. I release control and surrender to her love. Thank you so much, Lady Grail. Such an honor to be with you here in your home. Thank you so much for welcoming us, for giving us an opportunity to learn with you, to reflect with you, to have this beautiful conversation that um, our relatives out in the world can receive of and draw nourishment from, draw inspiration from in good times and in challenging times. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. These uh, loving, gentle men are in my home of the Pixie Palace where I let very, very few men enter. So that speaks of uh, the respect that I feel for the both of you and that I feel that you inherently give to me. So thank you so deeply. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really, really honored to have you here. It's an honor to be here. It's a pleasure. And it's pretty magical in here. This is very magical. <laughs> it's a pixie it's snow globe. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I imagine if we were to shake it up, that all of these, it would become a whole new moment of all of these colors. and Like yeah. the altars would be new. And it's like this whole... Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> just reform itself by its like the the totality yeah. of the field, the grid of the magic here. That is part of my devotional work. That when the seasons change, I do do a lot of change in here. Mm. So yeah, I caught that too. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like a I dream a genie bottle. Too. <laughs> 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 yes. Yes. Um. <clears throat> So we have been doing a series on virtues called core virtues and we thought no one better to ask to speak um, with us on that than you. Mm, and, thank you. Um, I'd like to see if you feel called to share what devotion means to you. When you think of devotion, when you feel devotion. Devotion for me is a daily act of walking, speaking, living, expressing a path of sacred living. So I am in constant awareness of what I am so grateful for. Mm. And the running tape in my head is always prayer, mantra, gratitude. And sometimes I'll even just like, even when I'm driving, I'll just like check in like, oh, what's running right now? And there's just like literally a Mm -hmm. constant loop of mantra, prayers, gratitude, like a positive affirmations. You know, this is going all the time and I am devoted to that kind of frequency. Mm-hmm. So me as a beacon can be outputting that wherever I go. So when anyone is in my field, there is an instant transformation of um, positive prayer, <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so through my acts of, uh, you know, if we look up the word devotion, it's like acts of worship. You know, but like, what am I worshiping? Mm. Um, hmm. That word is a little bit challenging for me. You know, a lot, a lot of times, you know, because I'm really into word magic, and when I even say the word worship, like I, I hear warship. Mm. Like, I, and I'm not mm. on a warship. I'm not like <laughs> against something. I am on a ship because I'm consistently in my relating. Mm. I'm like going up and down on the holy waters of our, you know, family constellation of emotions you know like I'm I'm, I'm, I'm in and out of those waves but I'm certainly like not at war so I would like to um, you know come up with some other kind of uh, definition that is more coherent to peace and um, yeah and so I I would say a date for me, devotion is a daily practice of walking the path of sacred living. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And something I was hearing in there is how the daily practice really builds on itself. Because I, I, I too have experienced that my in natural internal channel or inner radio station cosmic radio station Mm -hmm. if you will Mm -hmm. always lands back at this really beautiful 
inspirational space, right? And I know the importance of that, of taking the time, of being devoted to even building that temple within oneself. Mm-hmm. Um, as you uh, are no stranger to building temples <laughs> in the world. <laughs> but, but I really see that in you, that the first temple that you built was within you. Mm-hmm. The first temple that you tended to yeah. was within, within yourself. Um, and actually, I'm, I'm curious, on the topic of temples mm-hmm. and, and devotion, um, it's how long has it been here at the Goddess Temple of Ashland? And then, what uh, I know you did one in Shasta. And yeah, so uh, at this time of November 2023, we are moving into our 14th year for 2024 for the Goddess Temple of Ashland at the Sacred Back Meadow of the Jackson Well Springs in Ashland. And, uh, and then the Goddess Temple in Mount Shasta was the Abishaw Goddess Temple, uh, bridging Avalon and Shasta. And that was for nine years prior to me coming here. And then I've helped people raise temples globally. Uh, like, I can't, I, I actually don't know how many, what the number <laughs> is right now, but at, I would say at least over this past 22 odd years, um, I have helped at least 30 different people mm-hmm. with raising a temple in some form, whether they cha- transform their home into a temple or a room in their house or literally built a temple or rented out a space, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my most favorite uh, superpower support was helping raise the goddess temple of Rome, Tempio della Grandea, mm-hmm. with, uh, yeah, with Maya Vasallo, an amazing, beautiful young woman um, who is a powerful priestess in her own right to like have the strength and vision to raise a modern goddess temple in Rome, Italy. Yeah. And I was a major part of that. Wow, yeah. yeah, and so yeah, <laughs> really pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, wow. yeah. but um, really, my devotion. Would you like to hear about like when my devotion started? That would be beautiful. Yeah. Yes. So I was raised in a very strong Catholic Italian New York household uh, where like praying daily was definitely part of life, even if just praying over the food. But, you know, mm-hmm. definitely never, ever, ever ate without, you know, dinner prayer said by dad kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, church every Sunday, you know, but I was just so gravitated towards Mother Mary at church. Like mm-hmm. all I would be like staring at her statue, like really mm-hmm. um, lighting candles at her statue, you know, like as early as I could. But really when I turned seven was my Holy Communion in the Catholic religion. And um, it's a really big deal for little girls to like have her first communion dress and her communion crown. And uh, mine was handmade by my auntie and it was, uh, had roses all over it. And then my head crown was all live flowers. Mm. And unlike most people who they make their communion at church, Mm -hmm. my parents were so involved with the church and it was in the seventies. So it was like the church was having some like alternative stuff going on (laughs) to like get people to like still want to hang out there (laughs) while the whole hippie revolution was going, you know? And um, so my parents did something like really different and they had my Holy Communion in the living room 
complete with gold shag rugs and you know like I loved that house it was so 70s um but the altar was all set and the priest was at the altar set and I they handed me the gold chalice that was going to be at the altar for my ceremony and I got to walk up the aisle in this dress with roses on it with live flower crown on my head holding this golden chalice I'm seven years old mm. and I was like this is so my jam mm. like this is like this is it <laughs> like, yes. like, I've done this a thousand times before <laughs> we'll do this a thousand times again like you know right okay yes. this is why I came in again right, <laughs> you know right, right. and so yeah so that's pretty much the start of it of course I went in all my other directions to discover all the facets of being incarnated on planet earth in this time mm -hmm. frame um but still you know I came back around and of course our beloved psilocybin family like brought me right back home when I had us like strayed from the path um mm. and uh, it was an incredible massive tree that uh kind of arched over the tip of the tree touched my third eye and said no matter what my people will always love you no matter what my people will always care and then my devotion to the trees like really like was activated and I started working with tree people and um Greenpeace and other activist uh groups that were really you know planting trees everywhere and working with you know like um offsetting carbon footprints by planting more trees and planting trees in LA and just like really going in that direction and even yesterday um I planted probably uh, 30 sprouted acorns um, gifted by our friend Elvray. Because um, <laughs> I'm just like, oh yeah, just the holy, holy, holy of holies. The, the first temple, right? I mean, the Druids, our, our temples were oak groves, you know? The, I, what, what I played with as a child, like some, some girls are horse girls, like my daughter, you know, some like play with dolls, some that, you know, like I played with acorns. I was like yeah. all about the acorns and yeah. what, like when in my neighborhood, I, I actually grew up in an oak grove on Long Island in New York and that was my playground. I would just like go play in the forest and, and bring my rake and, and, and sweep out places and be like, this is my house and this is the where the bedroom is and this is where, you know, and just like and have my little acorn friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm thinking about Curious here. So um, I know that from my personal journey on the path of devotion, you know, just to my, my spiritual path, you know, there's been waves and valleys for sure you know and like definitely sometimes when it's been you know things are rough and it's hard to like continue to have the faith and the trust that like there's guidance here and and things like that and the devotion can waver you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. and like or like things get crazy busy and like mm -hmm. you know you're going through a divorce or you're like 
going you're losing your job or like whatever is happening you know and like things are like stuff's crazy in the world or whatever and like that it can be challenging to like kind of keep focused on that devotion so i was curious like in your life you know maybe some of the um ways that you have found along your journey you know to help you at least and others to like stay like you know, keep that devotional mentality when like things get really gnarly. Yeah. You know, because that's, I, I feel like that's, that's a big thing, you know. Yeah. Distraction is so real. Mm-hmm. And where we're at right now, I mean, our phones alone, it's insane. And I like radical honesty. I have to. My strength of like sheer, sheer power to like really growl at the addiction of the phone, Mm. you know, um, because even in the morning, you know, my alarm goes off. I have to grab my phone to turn off my alarm. And then there's all everything that's on the screen, all the messages that came while I was sleeping, all the past memory photos, Facebook's showing me to show me my past and not to be present. And just like, holy shit. Oh, you know, like I like, I'm like, no, I'm a warrior. You yeah, know, and yeah. so I take that shit as like fuel for my fire. Mm. I'm just mm. like, Rah! you know, like, no, you will not take me. Mm. And I will, you know, me living in an altar, living in my temple, in my space, on my bed is a mala. Under my pillow are sacred stones. Right next to me are my feathers. Right next to me, you know, are my holy waters on my shelves. And so even if I am rushing and there's so much going on or I'm freaking out or whatever, I can just like reach under my pillow and put my hand on a, ster- a serpentine, serpentine, <laughs> serpentine, a serpentine stone that's right under my pillow. Mm-hmm. That's right there to ground me, mm-hmm. you know. I can look at my tapestry of Lakshmi and just be like, okay, even though like I'm freaking out about money, et cetera, right now, I could just like look at her and be like, Lakshmi, please be with me today. Mm -hmm. I don't have time to sit at the altar to do a full mala Mm -hmm. and like ask for your support. But I like, I can look at that right Mm -hmm. there. Lakshmi, I invoke you now, you know? And so like having, you know, being surrounded by an altar. And of course, again, you know, like we are our own altars. Thank you so much, Luis, mm. for speaking to that, you know, but at, at, at still, like I can bring my hands to my heart mm. and right away, mm. you know, be mm. like, okay, I love you. It's all right. We got this. I don't know how, but I have unyielding trust and that's just how, and that's it. You know, so uh, quintessentializing those major daily practices. Cause yeah, sometimes we could sit at the altar for two hours. You know, sometimes I'm yeah. at the altar. I do all my elemental anointings. I do all my affirmations. I get on my harmonium. I chant Hare Krishna. I chant to Radhe, you know, like I do, I make offerings to Hanuman, you know, like I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. And then I'm doing my yoga. Yeah. Like I don't have that all the time. Mm-hmm. How many of us have that all the time? Not many of us have that all the time, but you know, like I even, my pockets often are filled with acorns (laughs) and, and if they're not acorns, it's other magical things that people have given me. Right. And sometimes like just to reach into the pocket and hold onto that pocket altar and just be like, please, the strength of the mighty oak be with me now, you know? 
And so I think the best answer, the short version of that answer would just be like, yeah, quintessentialize. Take whatever your daily practice is and just like... And it's, it can be absolutely just as powerful, if not more, especially when we're so distracted and we're having um, a, a really hard challenge. You know, there's some schools of thought that believe that it's in the roughest times when you ask for help from God, from goddess, from source, mm. it's when it's heard yeah, the best. Right. And, it's, mm. and it's also mm. like you're not in this like repetitive you know, kind of mindless. Um, some, yeah. Thing. Yeah. Sometimes, mm. you know, like when we do the mala every day, I could do the mala out loud, moving my fingers and th be thinking about my mm -hmm. grocery list at the mm -hmm. same time. Mm -hmm. You yep. know, Happy like there. we yes. all, we yes. all like can do that. Absolutely. Right. Mm -hmm. But like when you're on your hands and knees and your family members in court and you don't know if they're going to prison or not. And you're just mm -hmm. like, mm. Oh, like there's nothing but like, on your knees calling out for help <laughs> there's like nothing mm -hmm. compares to that mm -hmm. you know so mm. yeah mm. okay that's special yeah that, that's like on, on one level too i'm hearing like emptying oneself to really go there mm -hmm. um because and like you said not all of us have two to three hours to be at our altars every day in practice and especially if we're really on mission, we're, we're creating, we're building, we're actually doing the things that we got the inspiration from sitting at our altars to do, <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. So I, I totally hear you in that, like, okay, bring it, bring it with you. Yeah, because in order to you. like walk that path that lives what we came through at our altar, we need to be able to do a decent job of maintaining that frequency that the the guidance came in through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, being able to somehow gather that altar, put it in your pocket. Yeah, in your mm -hmm. pocket. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really funny. I I did have a moment in time. I had a stone. I had a crystal stone that I took all the items from my altar. And I put that stone in the fire and through I used through the fire to inject that stone with my entire altar. Oh, and I carried yes. that with me for years. And there was a time where I lost it. And I was like a little bit off to the side of my path. And then I finally found it. And literally in two days, everything realigned. And I was in a whole new realm of my path and mission. So I, t I t on many levels, I yeah resonate here and see and... Yeah. Feel that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um, I also want to remind or just give voice to for for people who are like not really into altars, you know, or like live a lifestyle that it doesn't really work out or et cetera. And just um, bring the embodiment piece mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. around um, stones in our bones. You mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Oh, that, uh, a song. I'm catching a song right now. Stone in my bones, river in my blood, wind in my breath, and fire in my heart. Stone in my bones, river in my blood, wind in my breath, and fire in my heart. I am a woman, 
I am free. I am a woman, milk, blood, and honey. That song came through a while back. I'm pretty sure I was probably in Avalon when that happened. Because um, I spend a lot of time walking there, like really, really walking. And, um, and the offerings of ourselves, of course, not just as women. One of, uh, I taught spiritual intimacy for years and um, I would get really, you know, pretty raw with the groups and talk about, you know, like, what's happening with our beloved brother's sea milk? You know, mm. like ladies, like, mm. you know, like what's going on? You know, like we're all like, oh, my blood is sacred. My arm reach is sacred. Like what's happening with the beloved sea milk? Mm. You know, when you are ingesting or when there's a pullout and like what's going on? Like, is it just like wiped up with, an, mm. you know, a tissue and thrown to the side or like mm. where what's happening? You know, and I really was like encouraging these people, these partners, these single people who came, you know, like we have these incredible sacred fluids within us as offerings. You know, you don't always have to leave what family members in Mount Shasta used to share as new age graffiti um, at places, mm -hmm. you know, like mm -hmm. I worked with some pretty powerful people of the tribes there who were like, you know, um, yeah, close friends who was like, Grail, we need your help. Like mm. your friends are leaving new age graffiti everywhere at our sacred sites. And mm. I'm like, what are you talking about? And why do you think they're my friends? <laughs> 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 I'm like, wait a second. You know, first let's like, like, wait a second, you know? And they were like, well, you know, and they started sharing that like people were leaving crystals and leaving this and that and da 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 and their parents ashes. And you know, like, no, like they don't have to leave any of that stuff. Like they could leave their songs, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, yes. they could leave their prayers. They can like, you know, like, like make an imprint with, of a heart, like in the soil, <laughs> you know, but they don't have to like be leaving everything everywhere. And, you know, um, remembering that like, yeah, this, our, our bones are, are, are crystalline nature. You know, mm. Our, mm. Our, our, our sacred fluids are of the holy waters of the planet. We are direct you know, uh, reflection, yeah. you know, you yeah. know, our breath is the wind, mm -hmm. you know, and just like really, really getting to that, like, in that place of, um, the, the fire, that inspiration, that, um, our creative force of, of, and our passion, you know, being the, the fire that can be like left wherever we go, you know, like what, how, how we could do those things too. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, if you happen to put on that coat and you're in a situation and you don't have your pocket acorn or your pocket crystal, just like, yeah, be tuning right back into your, like, I like to imagine that the, our heart and our womb space or our hara, you know, are, are these temples already, but within that temple, there is a high altar. Mm -hmm. And at that high altar, the light of your own intention can like come through a portal and like just like in ancient sites like Newgrange, you know, like come straight through the center of it and light up that altar 
the high altar of the heart or the hara, the womb space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's what our, the power of our thought mm-hmm. carries that light beam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm really hearing a communion in there too, mm-hmm. especially the part of embodiment of when we're really in communion with the elements of life that we recognize that we are in no way separate from any of it. Mm-hmm. That that level of communion um, is what allows such deep connectivity to mm-hmm. what we are devoting ourselves to and how our devotion moves through our lives mm-hmm. to be able to really feel and know that on a deeper level. Yeah, the weavings. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, you know, we are like living acupuncture needles, <laughs> mm. you know, and so, and kind of like how the dragon lines are so clear, you know, that when, once you become privy to be witness to them and, and understanding how they are, they move from sacred site to sacred site, just by uh, our awareness and being in the communion of embodied elemental devotion, we are able to create a sacred site wherever we go. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So, so this brings me to a question that I, I personally find to be a challenging question to answer, but maybe you can mm-hmm. answer it, which is why? <laughs> why live a life of devotion? Why live like why live in devotion? Why be in devotion? Like, okay. Why? Yeah, it's not challenging to me yeah. to answer at all. <laughs> because of choice. Because mm-hmm. like I have been miserable mm-hmm. and I have been in devotion. Mm-hmm. And why would I choose the misery mm-hmm. when I is like it is my own um lab tested theory of that when I'm in devotion, like things are really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I fe- my body feels good. My emotions feel good. My spiritual experience feels good. My mental capacity is good. You know, like mm-hmm. all of that. And it is always so obvious when I'm not in devotion because my mother will call me on it. My mother will, I'll be on the phone with my mom and my mom's like, did you do your daily practice today? Have you done morning practice yet? Like, when was the last, like, when was the last time you took a dance class? You know, like, because dance is major devotion for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I, she's freaking nails it, like, on the spot. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I'm like, thanks, Whoops. Mom. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's tr- like, yeah, like, we, we have every morning we wake up with choice. Mm-hmm. every morning just like with that phone like I have choice like I could either lay here and go through like reels <laughs> and respond to my like r- insane amount of messages and Facebook con- comments and blah 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 or I could get up and go to the bathroom I could brush my teeth with natural toothpaste splash my face with rose water drink a whole bunch of Mount Shasta water Go sit at my altar, do my morning practice, drink my morning shake, go outside mm-hmm. and have my eyes first focus on outside. Mm-hmm. Like sea leaves, look at like the bark of trees, 
jump down off of my porch barefoot no matter what the weather and have my feet be on the earth earthing 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 you know okay now after a couple breaths sit on the couch drink my shake have my tea and look at my phone to start the day you know and yeah, that was that was a lot, right? That's like that's a good hour. What I just said. If I oh, that don't, that only takes you an hour. I got like I, yeah, I got it to an hour. Bless time. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. So if I don't have mm. that, mm. I absolutely take all of that and quintessentialize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you uh, still do something. Yeah. In those realms. Sure. What I do is I overlap it all. So, like, I'll be, like, chanting while I'm making my shake. Uh-huh. Right? Or, you know, yes, like, yeah, yes. just, like, put it, doing everything on top of each other, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 I definitely have had days on the way down, down the hill. Yeah. Into, in, into work, and I'm like, that's my morning prayer. Exactly. I'm chanting, yeah. and I'm like, looking out at the hills, like, thank uh-huh. you, thank yes. you, singing. Like, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So have to. Yeah. Another big thing I'm hearing in this um, is priorities. Like what we prioritize and how we prioritize our focus so deeply dictates. um, That's a better word than that. (laughs) But but yeah, so deeply. I I call it giving permission. Mm, You know, like giving mm, yourself permission. mm that this is actually more important than anything. You know, I actually learned in Kundalini Yoga, um, we would, when I was very, very deep in Kundalini Yoga, we were doing sadhana at three o'clock in the morning. Right, right. For days on end, days and days and days on end. You know, always committing to at least 40 days in a row. And... That's really... Yeah, like, (laughs) like really incredible. And we start out with a cold shower. Yep. Yeah, and... um, And it's the idea that everything is going to be better if you do this. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't you do it? You know, so you like give yourself permission to make it a priority. Mm. I was never tired. No matter what time I went to bed, waking up at three o'clock in the morning, doing full chanting of the Holy Scripture, doing all the other work, you know, and including the yoga practice and the pranayama and the shavasana and all of it. I, I was never tired. Yeah. I was filled with so much grace mm. and so much energy and so much health, you know? Yeah, it's something that I that I tell the various and sundry people in my life along the way that I've, like, helped to encourage to, like, step deeper into their practice and their prayer and things like that, friends and colleagues and random people I meet on the street, <laughs> you know? Um... And uh, that's one thing I always tell everyone, and I always tell myself too, is like, getting up an hour earlier to do your daily practice, especially if you can determine a like a consistent daily practice, mm-hmm. whatever it is, whether it's mm-hmm. yoga or meditation or singing a song or you know jumping in the creek or whatever it is that you do every day, that takes about an hour, and you get up an hour earlier. A lot of the times you feel like you got a couple extra hours of sleep. Yes. If you do it mm. on a regular basis, 
it becomes this like recharge portal and you you know so it's like yeah. something that it's you, can be challenging to remember when you're like you know on five hours of sleep and like you got to be at work at like seven that like if you actually get up an hour earlier it actually will still be a better day even though it will mm -hmm. be four hours of sleep yes. instead of five hours yes. of sleep. It's amazing. <laughs> yes yeah and for listeners out there breath of fire mm. breath of fire gives you all the energy you need anytime <laughs> mm -hmm. inhale completely exhale completely inhale press the belly out mm -hmm. push the belly out exhale pull the belly in and that amazing full full uh yes devotion to your inside flame mm -hmm. powerful mm -hmm. so vital gives you so much energy i when i think about devotion i also i have to think about um Right, we're, we've been talking a lot, you know, our daily practice and how to take care of ourselves on a regular basis to make sure we're showing up for mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. And then the other part of devotion, as your life is an amazing testament to, is what you do with that day, what you do with those years, with what you're devoted to, mm -hmm. right? What you choose to create in your lifetime. Mm -hmm. And, and on that level, and um, I was curious, like, how do I form that into a question? No. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what you're curious about. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, because there, there is such a, there's a level of um, prolific expression mm -hmm. of your devotion in, in your life, mm -hmm. in the temples that you've raised. Mm -hmm. um, and then in all of the hundreds thousands tens of thousands of people who have visited all of those temples that you've mm -hmm. helped raise um i can't i can't say how many people have sh i've shared with i've talked to or heard from that the goddess temple has been such a sanctuary mm -hmm. whether they've just been here once in their life and we you know might meet them on the east coast somewhere or somewhere else mm -hmm. um so i'm i'm curious how how your well uh, um amazing singer my red her sister elsa just wrote me yesterday that she's um you know she's in scotland and she was like telling this woman about this amazing woman who you know she goes to priestess college with and she's talking all about me but never said my name uh, this woman said, oh, yeah, well, there's this other woman that I heard about and da-da-da-da-da, like saying all these like incredible things about our temple. Um, but they, they didn't put it together <laughs> until <laughs> Elsa said, send me her contact. And, and the woman sent her my contact. <laughs> and so, like, you know, it's, it's a global phenomenon now, the mm. Goddess Temple of Ashland, which is really, really fun. And... Um, yeah, there's just been so many people that I, I, I just come to the word inspired. Mm, like mm. there's just, there's so many people who have become so inspired by the work that is so natural to me. And I believe that I was born to inspire, you know, when I was 40 living in Mount Shasta, 
Um, an amazing family, the Cooper family. Uh, incredible, like, couple, uh, Sally and Alan Cooper with eight children, all, like, rock star, incredible, incredible children. Um, they had a 40th birthday for me, and they picked me up, blindfolded me, uh, brought me to different places. Had one place they brought me to a massage table, and the fan, the all the children were like massaging me and singing to me. I was still blindfolded. Put me in the car, took me to another place, gave me a ceremonial bath, um, took me to another place, changed me in completely different clothes, and brought me down these stairs, laid me on the ground, and all these people. It was a living wake. They just came to each side of my ear, you know, mm. my head to my ears. And told me how I had inspired them in some way. Forty people. This is my fortieth birthday. It was so beautiful. And then once person started oming, and then it increased and increased and increased to forty people oming. And then um, the men all lifted me really, really high in the air, carried me to a throne, sat me down on a throne, and then they took off my my blindfold. And I was like, Oh my goddess! Like, could you imagine, like, if people, like, when they turned 40 had this experience? Like, it was, like, if it was normalized in our culture, you know? Like, wow, what a way to, like, walk into my elder years, you know? And, I like, I just recognized that I was born to inspire, so that is the, like, what, what really charges me, what is, like, really fuels my gate for, like, moving, like, forward in a way to, like create these spaces for people to remember remember like find the lost parts of themselves put them all members of themselves back to center with their own empowerment like that's the work that i do at the temple really is help these people who come to birth their authentic selves period you know permission again like I give so much permission because I am a life coach for the sacred. You know, I am uh, their greatest cheerleader. And I also, you know, like really, I, I, I'm in, it, people's full potential are always within my sight. I have a lot of hawk medicine. I, I could just pop out and see big picture really, really easy with people. And so that kind of uh, just unconditional love, you know, like our beautiful sister, Tree Magda, you know, so, you know, I've shared this story before. I, I'm, like before she turned like 21, she had already trained with me in Italy, Guatemala, England, um, were we in France? Oh, of course we were in France. Yes, of course we were in France. Um, we were in the Magdalene Cave together there. Um, yeah, and and everywhere we went, I like, she was really, really young, but it had nothing to do with, I was like so clear of her potential. I would just put her in leadership roles constantly. Like, you know, in Guatemala, she taught on my retreat there, you know, and, and she was like, okay you know i'm just like yeah you are fully capable like absolutely fully capable and she like that level you know she shared it me at the sacred fire you know like wow like 
I've gone all these different places since we walked together here, Grail, and, and I come back and I realize, like, you taught me how to pray. Mm-hmm. Like, I learned how to pray here, mm-hmm. you know? And, and that is, like, the most potent medicine for all of her journeys, mm-hmm. you know? And for, just, for, for me to know that I'm part of her foundation, you know, so many of these amazing young women, you know, Madurai, Myrid, Antonia, you know, like these amazing, amazing sisters, Laura, Luna, Sage, you know, like they're like the list could go on and on and on. You know, I've had hundreds come through my trainings um, to, to just watch them blossom from me just like. And of course, it's not just me. I, I fully am in very large recognition that they all have had many more teachers than just me. But I also know that they, 99.9% of them return to me as ma, you know, mm-hmm. like, because they know my unconditional love for them is so profound and truthful that, like, I will just keep cheering them on because they are so incredible and and the people that come and visit the temple and when they come for a tour and they see what happens there and I share with them that yeah okay and this is where the women paint with their blood and this is where the men hold sacred fire ceremony and pray and are guardians for the women and then over here is where we under these stones are stones bones leaves twigs feathers land and water from ancient sites in the british isles and over here is our immersion pool and where we have rebirthing and over here is where we have a honeybee you know like and people are like what like i've come to the wellsprings for 15 years and I had no Mm. idea that this back meadow Mm. even existed. I've come Mm. to this place for 10 years or better yet, I've lived here for nine years and I didn't even know that there was a temple back here. You know, like people like still like come (laughs) with that, you know. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm hearing um, in your, yeah, just your description of your journey with, with these relatives that you've helped is like that, um, I'm hearing this once again, this story of devotion, mm-hmm. of this like devotion to those that come to you, to mm. a devotion to like providing oh. a space for yeah. people to come and then yes. a devotion to showing up for what they need and a devotion, honestly, a devotion to their like highest potential. Yeah. That is like, so like well being, said, Matthew. And then like moving in action of that devotion, you know, and mm. like devotedly doing everything you can within your power and within your knowledge and wisdom and beyond as you open yourself to the guidance of the goddess to help them, you know, and be in devotion to them, Mm. you know, as, as daughters and sisters and a dragon's lair nest for these hedgelings. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Truly. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is really, really beautiful insight that you shared yes i am i am devoted to their their growth their Mm. full potential their expanded potential and um also really accepting you know really really i was about to say i've seen i've I've witnessed you like through different channels and people because a lot of you know a lot of my friends 
a lot of my sisters have, you know, woven with you via, you know, Priestess College or just here at the Wellsprings or mm-hmm. various and sundry situations. And I've witnessed through story and through scene. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Is Various and sundry. <laughs> yes. Is consistent with the that is an appropriate thing to say at that moment. Um, <laughs> yes. But oh, yeah, sure. just this um, witnessing you, like in your devotion to their highest, as they like step way off the path. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. and, like you're, oh, but wow. you're still there. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're not like, hey, you're doing that now. Like, you, you can't come around the goddess temple anymore. Sorry. And sometimes maybe you do do that in some ways. I don't know. You're shaking your head no. But like, No, I mean, the only time to, like, that there's like any sense of exclusivity is when someone is come, showing up in a really unsafe way. Yeah, exactly. Being dangerous yeah. and yeah. unsafe for yeah. people. So, yeah. like, yeah. you know, they can mm-hmm. be, like, way over here on some, like, gnarly binge of unhealth and self-destruction and you're still here at the temple and if they want to come and like talk to you you're here you know mm-hmm. and if they call you they text you like hey yeah. mama grail i'm having some some tr-, and you're like okay yeah well you know yeah. and you help them out in whatever way you can and like yeah. that like devotion and that's you know like like a mother for children you yeah. know like mm-hmm. even though someone can get off way off track still like being there for them in whatever ways you can that are safe for you absolutely and so that that is important for me to say that some people make assumptions about me and the goddess temple that i'm like also a physical resource for them and that is something that I've recognized has been pretty challenging because we actually don't have the resources to like house people or from for or give people a bunch of money or um, take care of their children. You know, like where, you know, in other times there it could have been was like, you know, that kind of thing where you could leave the baby on the doorstep kind of thing, you know, um, and be fed and all of that, you know? And so what the goddess temple and I am definitely available for is to assist people to get back on their devotional path or Mm -hmm. definitely Mm -hmm. inspire them in their devotion. Uh, but I have to say it has been really sad for me when people come really, really struggling especially single moms. Mm -hmm. Like that's something that's like so sorely missing, not only in our town, but in the world, like all, like how many single moms who show up, you know, and now I have uh, a list of resources that Jackson County has, which I'm able to guide them or give them a copy of a list or show them. And they Mm -hmm. take a picture of this list, you know, Um, but even those resources, you know, are not always, the best and easiest to mm-hmm. get, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like large, big picture, you know, um, I hold, you know, midwifing the veils trainings where I lead the women in how to be priestesses within the devotional realm of providing ceremony for mm-hmm. childbirth, first blood, sex, marriage, parenting, divorce, sovereignty, death, and rebirth. 
holding the ceremonial aspect, right, of those holy gateways, those thresholds. But, oh, my goddess, like, I would love in this body at some point in my life to have a physical standing university that uh, not only holds, you know, those uh, teachings of those sacred rites, but also like, okay, a birth center. You know, when I first came to Ashland, I was, you know, a practicing midwife assistant trained at the farm in Tennessee and really hoping to continue to train in my childbirth midwifery skills. But goddess kept giving me all like midwifing all of those veils that I just Mm. named those nine veils. And, um, I thought, you know, I came to Jerry Lehrberger owner of, uh, the, the wellsprings right now and saying like, okay, can we have a birth center here? You know, and can, I, I want, and he's like, a birth center. Okay, talk to me more. And I'm like, okay, I want women to be able to birth in the earth. Let's build a kiva, you know, <laughs> and like they can build, you know, and he's just like, okay, number one, we have water three feet beneath us. Right. Like, oh. we cannot build a kiva here, well, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, okay, and they'll be able to birth in the water, that, you know, and, and like an elemental birthing center. Right. You know, and they could they can birth in the water. They could birth at the fire. They can birth like out in open air. Um, they could birth in the temple at the altar. You know, for for the spirit realm. And you know, bottom line is just like, oh my gosh, liability mm-hmm. insurance mm-hmm. is insane. Yeah. You know, and the laws against midwifery are insane. Yeah. And like, yeah. just like, there's just so many things that create these blocks. But I really you know, pray for in this body when I'm still like mm. this where is this where we go with the legacy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Okay. Like question answered is like <laughs> where the legacy, I have mm. certainly laid out a legacy of having the goddess temple in Mount Shasta, the goddess temple here. I've been a practicing priestess since 1991. I have like seeded so many priestesses and communities and temples and with this priestess college and this temple here it to blossom into a university that really works with all of those veils on all levels, emotional, physical, spiritual, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And just like I, I talk a lot about, are you a frontliner? Are you a nurturer or are you a mystic? Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. it kind of having like, okay, these mm-hmm. are like the, the courses. These are the frontliner courses. These are the nurturer courses. And these mm-hmm. are the mystic cor- courses mm-hmm. for the school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I totally resonate yes. to that frontline. Yes. Yeah. So nurturer yeah. mystics. That, I super resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah. With the... One the frontline nurturer mystic yeah. idea concept of thinking of yeah. it that way because I think about that a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like, and I, I feel like bringing it to the devotion again. Like I feel like a lot of people that's can be a real block in their devotion in their walk of devotion is like this like we all think we need to be a certain kind of way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, there's so much like, oh, frontliners, all the, go there into battle, you know, or whatever, you know, go in there and like, you know, frontline, like going in there, like picking up like first response, like, mm-hmm. you know, everything. And like, everyone's like, yeah, that's the way to be. And like, but also like, 
there's that whole like back line you know there's like the people who like the are nurturers receiving need to care people yeah. who are like right. coming right. out of the front lines and they're just like wrecked yeah and the people who were in the front lines getting them need to get brushed off so they can go back out there you know and then yeah. And then all the people who are like visioning of like how we can all do this better, you know. So yeah, it really resonates with me of like just that reminder that like just just like in all things in devotion, like everyone has their own way of going about it and like it's your way yeah. that you go about it and like it's important to like find your way and like recognize that others have their other ways of devotion mm. and that like you are going to do your best if you do it the way that you're designed for. Right. And like that you are capable of based on like how much of your traumas you've cleared, like what your ancestral lineage is, what spirits and beings you have in your ancestral lines that will come forward and help you, you know, or like the lands you've lived on or like just your experiences and like all those different things, you know, that, to, to be like, okay, like not everyone gets anything out of chanting Hare Krishna. Right. Some people get so much that like they are barely conscious after they do it for a while, you know? So like, or barely conscious in this world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <You know? that's laughs> so like, like, yeah, just kind of that recognition of like, just like in all things, like everyone has their path that they're walking and mm -hmm. their own holy path that, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm which is why it's beautiful when there are those that are devoted, which I feel like actually all three of us that are in this room have this, have an aspect of this in our devotion, in my opinion, of being devoted to helping others find their path, mm. you know, and mm. support them on their path, yes. you know, in the way that they need to walk mm -hmm. here, you know, and mm -hmm. whatever all the little twists and turns or mm -hmm. straightaways. and Embodied spirit guide. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to thank you, Lady Grail, for your devotion um, and, and really for really living a, a, a sacred path and um, I want to recommend the, the book path of sacred living yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've written 12 guidebooks yeah i've written 12 guidebooks the mm -hmm. most recent is dragon priestessing um the first one was mama magic which was uh mm -hmm. all about alternative parenting which wow. is really fantastic mm -hmm. a major really good resource uh that i it was actually all done on a typewriter and so it's it's not digital <laughs> we can make copies of it but my daughter because um my beautiful granddaughter uh, was born on my bed mm. uh, in this pixie palace mm. um, on August 15th, 2023. And I had the time and honor to, for seven weeks straight, to give the most epic postpartum care ever to my daughter mm. and my beautiful granddaughter. And uh, in that time, there was moments where my daughter was like, mom, we've got to get this book digital. Like we've got to get this oh, out wow. there. So yeah. the two of us are going to make a postpartum book that has um, a lot of mama magic in it, but then, you know, very updated with what she's learned as a new mom and what I've mm -hmm. learned over the years. 
but the path of sacred living is uh, an incredible. Um, it, it's it's like the curriculum mm -hmm. for any priestess school, actually. Like uh, whether you're, and it's it's for priestesses and knights of the goddess, and so it's really open gender. And because um, there's a lot of people who are in female bodies who consider themselves knights and mm. vice versa. Uh, and so it's written for all people and it helps you to have your own curriculum walking the path of sacred living and then also to be able to carry your own circles in your own town to help others and, yeah, and inspire others to, to walk this path of devotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. And so you have a website too. That yeah, people can get a hold of you. Too? Definitely, I have three websites. One is goddesstempleashland.com, priestesscollege.com, and priestessgrail.com. G R A E L L. That's G R A E L L. The Celtic version. Uh, G R A I L is Christianized version. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and the Goddess Temple here is at Rest after Samhain and Reblossoms at Beltane. Um, our Priestess College has four sessions, and they're all at the Cross Quarter Holy Days. So we start at Beltane, and then we're together again at Lamis, and then again at Samhain, and then again at Imbolc. And uh, this coming season of the 2024-25 Priestess College, uh, each session will be nine days. I'm really into immersions. So we all like stay here, sleep together, eat together, learn together, pray together, perform together, play together. Um, and, and for quite honestly, like nine days is not enough for me, mm -hmm. but um, it's uh, what I've heard from the folks out there it's like a doable request you know in the past i was really into having 22-day trainings and that's wow. like okay. that's my jam you know too like really 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 getting immersed in that um and still it's the tip of the iceberg i mean like mm -hmm. really well i mean they, you know, in ancient times like you'd come and live at the temple exactly for like right. four years uh, at least <laughs> yeah. you know sometimes 13 yeah. years and so um yeah, but this one, and also in the past, um, we had standalone trainings where you can come to only Beltane or only Samhain or only in bulk, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and then last year we did a, um, a year dedication that like a one group only for the whole year. Mm -hmm. And so many people were really disappointed about that because they really wanted to join in the standalones again. Mm -hmm. So I decided, okay. I'm very mm -hmm. transmutable mm -hmm. and I'm very, I'm willing to continue to go with the flow of what's being requested. So um, you're going to be able to get a discount if you devote for the full year and then they're standalone. So you could come to all four or you can come to one or two or whatever, whatever you choose. Um, also, uh, I am bringing a group to Glastonbury, England again this year. And so... Um, Actually, it's going to be uh, 2024, uh, the summer of 2024, at the end of July, beginning of August, and it's um, all peoples. It's not necessarily a women's group only. 
and uh, the Holy Isle of Avalon is mm-hmm. absolutely like one of the first landing pads that I had when I embodied as a human. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel very, very home there. And uh, the entire experience of magic is so tangible for me there. Everywhere mm-hmm. I go, sacred sites, I'm just I'm activated in a whole other way. And, you know, those of you who are connected to Mount Shasta, you know, there's a strong line, energy line there with Shasta and also at Lago Atitlan in Guatemala. So any family members who really connect to Mount Shasta and Lago Atitlan and don't really know a lot about uh, the Arthurian myths or don't really commune with the British, you know, like mm-hmm. the Holy Isle of Avalon is literally like, it's like an island. And mm-hmm. especially if you were ever into any magical books <laughs> when you were younger or as an adult, you know, if Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter mm-hmm. or the Golden Compass or like any of these like really cool movies that have mm-hmm. happened over the years, um, uh, Percy Jackson, you know, like, like, like anything like that. I'm telling you, it's just the, the realm is alive and well at the Holy Isle of Avalon. And yeah, it's just, it might as well just be nicknamed Hogwarts. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's so good. And I already have at least eight people who are coming and I'm open to adding some more. To be on an adventure. Uh, there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so any of you, um, if you go to any of those websites, priestesscollege.com, goddesstempleashland.com, or priestessgrail.com, you will definitely find ways to contact me. And I'm uh, pretty visible on Facebook. You can look up my name, G-R-A-E-L-L. I tend to change the rest of my name like every two months. So so just look for Grail or Priestess Grail Um, on Instagram. Also, uh, Goddess Temple Ashlyn and Priestess Grail on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And just come visit. Just come visit. And you could kind of pretty much if you just show up to Ashlyn, Go to the co-op and ask anybody, like, do you know where Grail is? (laughs) (laughs) And they'll tell you, like, oh, yeah, she's out of the country right now. Or, oh, she's probably at the temple. Or, Mm -hmm. oh, she's over at the table. They're eating lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. I think that's the first place I saw you was at the co-op. Yeah, and she, yeah, she's dropped in. Yeah, yeah, Matthew and Luis are probably around the corner. Or, like, they're probably outside. Yeah, and the Goddess Temple has been such a beautiful landing pad for so many Yeah, so many people have moved to Ashland because of the Goddess Temple. Mm -hmm. Like, I should go to the Chamber of Commerce and ask for, like, a cut. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 Serious. Huge. Yeah, Yeah. like, so many people. And people also that really honestly like are not Temple Melissa or have never even come to Priestess College. Like people have mm-hmm. come to me and told me just knowing yeah. that there was a goddess temple in Ashland mm-hmm. brought them here. And they come to like Samhain or Beltane mm-hmm. and I don't really see them or like I don't really know them. Mm-hmm. But like many, mm-hmm. yeah, because there's like a lot of times, especially at Beltane and Samhain, I'll look around, I'll be like, man, I don't 
hardly know any of these people. It's kind of like, I, you know what I, it's just like if I was a priest at, at a Catholic church and, and all the people who come at Christmas uh, Eve, yeah. like, whoa, where the hell did all these people come from? <laughs> Easter, Easter Sunday, Easter, Easter morning. Sunday. It's like, wow. wow. Okay. Church is three times as full. So now's, the, uh, now's the day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and our, our beautiful sanctuary is open for people to walk around, even though the temple itself is at rest. You know, the, the teepee is down and the, the uh, red tent is, is emptied and the, God's Temple Dome is at rest, but, you know, we still, of course, have just beautiful land all over the place. Come to the Jackson Wellsprings to mm -hmm. soak in the holy waters and then just take a lovely stroll to the back gardens. And it's really inspirational yeah. because that's mm -hmm. that's what we do here. Born to inspire. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is that a bumper sticker? No, that's a bumper I think I, I've I, seen that. I made it. You have I made it. quite a few bumper yeah. stickers. Yeah, we did. Well, let's see. Like, um, Elfrey and I did... Uh, uh, balanced men get heart heart on <laughs> and um, and uh, let's see um destiny love did heart gasms i did born to inspire and ask your yoni yep um that was like that's a famous one it's really fun that's when i stuff yeah that's like so, so global, global. Yeah. so global it's on a lot of uh guitar uh cases um, <laughs> Um, yeah, and I did a, a bunch of other ones in between, but those are definitely the most popular. Mm -hmm. And the Rob Brave Legendary. Oh, Rob Brave Legendary. Powerful. Yeah, that's that's our tagline for but... Midwifing the Veils. Uh, yeah, that's our total mm, tagline mm, for Midwifing the Veils, because if mm, you are going to mm, midwife those nine veils, you better, your ass better mm, be raw, brave, and legendary, mm -hmm. because you have to. You have to just strip it bare to be able to walk through those gates. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really showing up, tending to life yeah. in such a powerful, mm -hmm. ineffable way. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Thank you. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when I first got here, I think that was what, what got me to be like, okay, I think this area is okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. as, as a tra I had been traveling and looking for like a landing pad and um, I think it was like that first day I, I got to get my hands in the garden. Yeah. And um, and I was like, wow, like I came, came from the East Coast where a lot of people are so there's the, there's a level of tightness in certain spaces, um, especially as like African Puerto Rican man, like people see me like, oh, no, that's not what the media says. And then all of you all were standing there like where did you come from? Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Thank you for he being was, like, that, you know, was I was like, like whoa. A, a God has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> and was like, wow, okay. Okay. Like, and, and that level of devotion to seeing the potential in people and how that rippled out through all of the women that you work with and yourself and on that level, I felt seen in my potential. Yeah. And then it helped me step up into who I was and, yeah. Here I am, and here we all are, so thank you. Yeah. Just in that little way that, you know, on, on top of the many other ways that you've supported the goodness of my life, so thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that feels good. That's a great memory. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I think our last, last 
piece, but you, you have spoken a lot on it. And we're just asking everyone, when you think of legacy, mm -hmm. what comes to heart, what comes to mind? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think the obvious of leaving something, you know, for my daughters, 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 sons, 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 that they all can be really proud of, you know. Um, I will honestly say, looking at my own bloodline family legacy, you know, there's not tremendous amount that I'm like really proud of and like could pass on. Uh, and what I the one thing that I can pass on is that uh, I come from a family of like service, like mm. laborers, mm. like big time laborers, service industry, mm. like major. And I definitely have like really embodied that and passed that on to my daughter um, and hope to pass that to my granddaughter too as a really positive thing. But, um, yeah, the only, like, wow, you know, one of my grandmothers was a midwife that I just recently learned about. So that means that it wasn't, like, really revered as something magnificent. You know, through other close generations, last couple generations, it was considered that, oh, like, it's, it was because they were poor. Mm -hmm. You know, they it couldn't afford the school. They could, yeah, they couldn't afford the schooling, or they couldn't mm -hmm. afford the hospital. Mm -hmm. You know, so like you don't like you don't like talk about like oh, and my great grandmother was a midwife. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like oh no, like my great you know my grandmother birthed her kids on the kitchen table because they were too poor. Mm -hmm. You know, to birth them anywhere else. You know, mm -hmm. and it's like no, mm -hmm. actually, like that is stellar news that there was actually a midwife mm -hmm. in my bloodline. And I just recently, wow. at 58 Revolutions Around the Sun, learned that, wow. you know, was not talked about. Um, so, yeah, you know, like, leaving something not only for my blood lineage, but for communities and, uh, you know, countries worldwide, that is um, something that has served that these holy thresholds, these gateways, these veils that uh, I midwife and teach other people to midwife, you know, that they are held as sacred and they will remain to be held as sacred and not forgotten. Mm -hmm. uh, recently, I don't usually talk about what I pray about in Red Tent because it is, um, I'm, I'm not going to say what anybody else prayed about because we make a, a very clear statement of confidentiality. But in my own prayer, you know, I, I realized, I was like, oh my God, I have this, there's a fear that I'll be forgotten. Like what? Wow. Like where is that coming from? Mm. You know, is it coming from like, is it because it's like in our DNA because there's been so many civilizations forgotten. Mm -hmm. So many like incredibly powerful beings that like didn't make it to the media mm -hmm. that just like died and were forgotten, you know? And when they were like, they, they had so many keys mm -hmm. to world peace, world love, world success, you know? And they're just like either 
you know, dissed out by who knows what to like take in, you know, because they're like, their ideas are too monumental and too futuristic and et cetera, or too outrageous, too far out, too ahead of their time, you know? And, um, yeah. So like, I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know. Maybe it's from a past life. Maybe it's just um, part of me aging and like really like looking at death's door, you know, because it's, you know, I, I, I am walking towards something. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know how my life transition is going to be, but it's like, you know, I'm at that age at 58. Oh my gosh. Like so many people that I know are like dead. <laughs> Or like dying mm. or like, you know, mm. I mean, it's just what naturally happens, you know, um, I'm talking obviously in my closer circle. And so, yeah, I, maybe I'll like, um, yeah, like the, the flying Lotus of Mount Shasta was a legendary place. It was like the only place in Mount Shasta for a really long time, but I was there for nine years that like held classes, retreats, workshops, concerts, um, a goddess temple, etc. You know, um, when, where now there's like a lot of pop-up little places, but mm -hmm. like the flying Lotus was the community activation center. Mm -hmm. And those nine mm -hmm. years, Mount Shasta was pumping in a way that like, definitely mm. now almost 14 years later people are still talking about you know but i'd like people to be talking about it like 140 years from now you know like like yeah there was a there was a time in shasta where you know and when we moved 67 people moved and that might not sound like a lot, but a town with two traffic lights. Right, right. That was a lot of people because yeah. like the, those 67 people were like totally majorly involved in everything that happened there. And then when we shifted to Ashland, even though it's only an hour and a half away, it was a, a really big shift. The town went to crickets, mm. you know, crickets. <laughs> and it's, it really did not, in my opinion, get reactivated until Madurai was living there. Madurai Samhara and bringing her kirtan and her, you know, we, her frequency and my frequency, we resonate like really similarly. Mm -hmm. And she was just, she just was like, bring him back, bring him back, bring him back the medicine. But then she moved to Ashland <laughs> and now we have her here <laughs> um, and bless her she's in India right now love 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 I'm gonna do a shameless plug for Madurai because we love her so much she brings groups to India and this March she still has openings for people to uh, join her um, retreat in India for uh, March 2024 um, Yes. Incredible, incredible soul, that one. So yeah, like I, I really pray that the goddess temple of Ashland will be like one of those legacy points that, you know, like, yes, there were 19 women who helped me raise this temple, but I'm the one who came from Mount Shasta with the vision and seated it here 
had you know the connection with Jerry to like make it happen and I'm like still here <laughs> like mm. I am like mm. you know founder and present director I did have a beautiful Jumana Sophia as my first co-director and then uh, Laura Foxglove um, mm. as my second co-director and then I was like super clear after that like no no more co-directors like I'm like taking it by the helm because uh, so so many of the elders we had an elder council and the elders were like Grail, like you need to like steer the ship. It's mm. yours. You birthed it. Steer it. It's yours. Mm. And I was like, oh, you know, as I was like all like, oh, I don't want like people like to like kind of trip out of me that like you know it's like it's my ego or it's this or it's that. And they're like, it's your baby. Mm. Like it's your baby. Mm. You know, mm. like. Like, reel it back in, you know? And, yeah, so I, I feel really good about that. And yeah. continue to feel really good about that. Yes. <laughs> I'm, like, so grateful that it came from the elders. Right, right. You know? totally, totally. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah, my legacy is, like, leaving an amazing place that radically, positively shifted people to walk the path of sacred living. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Blessed be. Blessed be. Yeah, well, I feel, I feel like Luis <laughs> has a closing <laughs> prayer for us now. It just feels like that. You yeah. know, as I look I across, look over you. there, and <laughs> I just, you know. <laughs> sacred water holy healing life-giving life-nourishing water water that flows through this land water that flows through our veins flows through our hearts flows through the hearts and the bodies of all those listening here now all those who will listen in the future all those from the past who were praying for something like this that others would find in the future we say thank you water thank you water for reminding us how to live with love and devotion to that which is wholesome life-giving and sacred we thank the waters and the wombs of all of our mothers all of the mothers to come that through these waters are birthed vibrant, devotional, honorable, legacy-building beings who breathe our future generations and seven generations from now even deeper into the sacred even deeper into embodied living, even deeper into the daily communion that is our breath, that is our relationship to nature, that is our oneness with nature, that is our oneness with all of our beautiful angels, guides, guardians, allies, holy ones, seen and unseen, ancestors, 
Now I ask you, holy water, life-giving water, send, uh, send this out to the oceans, send this out through the rivers, through the lakes, through the streams, through the clouds, through the rains, through all the fruits, through all the vegetables, all the beautiful things that you help grow here on our Mother Earth. And any of the water that ripples out into the cosmos and our collective sacred family that um, we may all be touched and connected and feel that in our day-to-day -day life. May those who come to find this podcast, who come to find this episode, find that natural realignment to what brought them here in this lifetime. May it be so. Blessed be. Mm, may it be so. Mm -hmm. Blessed be. By the earth that is her body, by the air that is her breath, by the fire that is her bright spirit, by the waters of her living womb, may the peace of the goddess be forever in our hearts. The circle is open yet unbroken, Mary meet and Mary part, and Mary meet again. devotion hope you all enjoyed that little transmission about devotion and prayer and if you did remember to leave comments what's your you know how did this affect you what did you think about devotion what, what did it bring up for you you know and you know give your thumbs follow us like us on your podcast apps can check out in the show notes we have ways to access lady grail and all that she offers as well as ways to email us and if you want to leave a donation we've got that ability too and uh yeah really really grateful for y'all being here with us and looking forward to next time have a blessed day <laughs>